Twitter corner at Karen. I'm Daniel Purcell. And as you can see, Stephen is not here with us. I'll put that at the start. I'll just move on. I love to give uh, myself a lot of extra work to do on something that has to be edited super quick. That's really good for me. This is this that's a smart decision. You could just put it up as one of these uh, as, as a what's it called when um when they deliberately under edit things to make it seem more authentic. What's that called? Oh, that's uh, true. Gonzo. I deliberately no, under edit things all the time, but sometimes it's a funny joke. Like when Steven says, "Hey, will you cut this part out and I can do it again?" and I literally leave it in every time. <laughs> There is nothing funnier to me than Steven saying, hey, let me try this again. And I go, cool, do it again. And I leave the whole, I leave the whole bit in. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You, you need to cut out the good one. Yeah, I, put, I, I put the bad one in twice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it was w- <laughs> way better the second time, Steve. <laughs> we're recording this today on Steven's birthday, which is why he's uh, not here, I guess. This, is, um, this podcast goes on Logan's run rules. When you hit a certain age, you're just kicked off the podcast. So we'll be bringing in a younger Steve in the next few days. We are two days out from Christmas. Um, it's uh, I, I've, I've since I've given his date of birth, we might as well give us his exact location as well. You can find him at 742 Evergreen Terrace. Um, yeah, so Stephen uh, may or may not be here. Who fucking knows? It's his birthday. It's, it, it, this might be a recording time that he decided upon himself. And... Then didn't show up for it, but that's all part of how it works on a regular day. So we'll chalk it up for his birthday. Have you uh, have you listened to any of the It's Always Sunny podcast? I haven't. I really should. Because because I think one thing you would really enjoy, maybe or relate to in that, is that I would say 95% of all episodes start with one of them late and still not there. And the rest of them desperately, and it's never the same person. It's always a different person. Yet the the, the other people who were late the previous episode are equally furious that the other person is late this time. Like Rob McElhenney is like fifteen minutes late to one episode. The next episode, like it's so fucking unprofessional that they haven't shown. (laughs) It is fucking unprofessional. They're right. They're all right and simultaneously wrong at the same time. I think I think uh, Charlie Day is always there, but it's the other other two. Is the Always Sunny podcast in character or not in character? Um, I would say it's kind of in the Aubrey Plaza zone. Okay, you know that's fair. Like, clearly, clearly they're a little bit still doing the character, but also clearly the character is a little bit based on them. The most okay. the person that seems the most like they are normally is Charlie Day, but I also suspect that's because he's had the most roles outside of It's Always Sunny, so it's easier. That is to, true. He's a busy little boy. He's Luigi. Yeah. Which was good casting. Yeah, that's just good casting. I think Charlie Day is very underrated. Um, I think he always plays his roles like super well. Like he always plays the role exactly how it needs to be played. Yeah, he's got a certain type of kind of manic energy that I think is really hard to do if you don't know how to do it. Or if not even if you don't know how to do it, if you don't have the instinct to do it. Like I almost think you probably can't learn it. Like- Steven's not here, so I'll be the one to bring up IMDB this week. Um because apparently it's his worst, his least favorite part of the show, even though he does it every fucking week. Um, so I'm going to bring up IMDb this week, and let's just have a little look through of old Charlie's, old Charlie's roles. So obviously, uh, Always Sunny started in 2005, still going. Um, and since 2005, we'll just go from there. He has been in uh, Love Thy Neighbor, uh, Quiet Little Marriage, Going the Distance, Horrible Bosses One and Two, Monsters University, Pacific Rim. I didn't know he was in Pacific Rim. Good oh, for him. He's, great. he's really good in Pacific Rim. I th- is he like 
without I know maybe I don't want to do spoilers now for Pacific Rim. When is it like legitimate to do spoilers for a movie? How long does I mean Pacific Rim came out nine years ago. Um so I think we're probably pretty good at the spoiler at this stage, to be quite honest. No, but I think it's a spoiler for Pacific Rim two. Pacific Rim two, he's not in, maybe. He is. Uh, he's only listed here as being in two Pacific Rims. One of them came out four years ago. Yeah, that's Pacific Rim 2. Is it? I thought there was like four of them. Uh, there is... Uh... Oh, is there only two? Yeah, okay, sorry. There's only two. For some reason, I thought there was or there was at least three. Oh, wow. Pacific Rim 2 looks a lot worse than the first one. It is a lot worse, apparently. I've never seen either one. I am interested. Um... But I'm looking at the poster for Pacific Rim 2, and it looks like someone said, hey, what would this would be really cool if we like made like a video game, a movie. Yeah, yeah. And... What, what, if, what if this was direct-to-DVD? Yeah, and it, it, really, it really looks like they went, yeah, let's make a video game movie, and it's... Ooh, it looks, it looks not very good from the, um, from the poster. But then, you know, Guillermo's not involved. I could see why that's a step down. God, I'm not going to lie. I could see why that's a step down. But I don't, so like, again, you know, Guillermo del Toro, great director, I really enjoy his films. But I don't understand why people keep trying to bring him in for a series and for, um, for like, a franchise. Because he's never, he keeps, like, signing on for things like The Hobbit and then not doing, not doing it or doing one and going. Like, yeah, Hell, I t- like I think Hellboy, he, he, I think, is the only sequel he's ever done. I think he had, well, we'll look that up too. Come on, IMDB, let's go. Um, I do think um, I think he has like filmmaker ADD, where like the idea of doing this big series is great, and then he gets really bored um, after the first one. He, let's see, his father's nineteen ninety seven kidnapping. Okay, um, that's not what I want. Wow, that's um, interesting. Yeah, I didn't want that. Um, so he's done. He's done. Um. <laughs> He's done two sequels, but only one of them was a sequel to something he had already done. Uh, the other sequel he did was Blade 2. Had no involvement in the first Blade. I mean, Blade 2 is cracking film. And then Blade 3 is like hilariously shit. And then they have that weird Triple H cameo. Where they really focus on him for like the 45 seconds he's in the movie. For some reason. Who was it who played, um, speaking of weird wrestler cameos, who was it who played Sabretooth in the original X-Men movie? Um, was that uh, like fucking? It wasn't Triple H, was it? It was like it was Chris Jericho or someone, was it? No, no, not Chris Jericho. Let's have a look. X two or whatever. Who? The the sequel for X Men is X two. It's not. It's yeah. not called X Men. This is this is this is like from that period when they were like the early period of superhero movies, where they were sort of embarrassed to be making comic book films. Like, do you remember the bit in X Men as well, where um, I think they put on their uniforms because they still have to have u- and and they're like all just leather. Yeah. And they were like making some lines like, "What you prefer yellow spandex?" And like as if yeah, this leather outfit's gonna age really fucking well. And now they just go all in and they're like, "Yeah, make Captain America as blue as possible." I would have fucking loved for it to have been spandex. It would have looked so much less goofy. They did do spandex for uh, X Men First Class, I think, and that looked way better. Yeah, but wasn't First Class, like, already at the stage where superhero films had, like, gone into mainstream? Oh, yeah, no, it didn't, like, innovate, right? It wasn't, like, a brave decision. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. It's, like, it's one of those things where it was already, like, people were already doing it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, this isn't. 
but it's it's weird to like look back on early superhero films and like the things that they got hung up on and the things that they thought would be important that we like we pretty much just given up on like uh secret identities like they did they had iron man say he was iron man and after that they were like fuck it it's not interesting to have anyone of a secret identity anymore except spider-man that's true in fairness though half the people in the original marvel cast didn't didn't have identities because what did it matter no but that's it like thor is just yeah that's that's yeah. my identity and captain thor, america, thor is thor was. captain america is like a, a an old legend but also like everyone involved with his entire family lineage is apparently gone yeah, so like and... you know it doesn't matter like he's just he's just some guy like it's so funny because it's like none of this none of this matters none of this is important Haw- hawkeye and scarlet witch are sort of like and scarlet witch uh black widow are just sort of like yeah they're agents we don't give a shit about their personal life and that's the way. It, that's, that was the right way. And, and Hulk, they're like, "Yeah, that's a wanted terrorist. That secret entity is already all out." That's the way they, it should they, be done, because yeah. it was so boring in the early. And this, but the same with like, yeah, they spent so much time on how are they going to hide the secret identity. So many scenes of like, oh, someone's about to walk in and them in their costume. No, they've changed out. Never mind. Or um, I, I think the making really of the fucking works. costumes really pissed me. Yeah. Like, do you remember this, in the original Spider-Man, they had to have all those scenes of him in the shit. In costume. every Spider-Man. <laughs> just give him a good costume to begin with. I don't care. I don't care if it, it looks weird or how did he get that. I just I think I, I, I think the only um, I think the only ones that ever make sense for them like hiding it is the way they did Spider Man in the new films, the Tom Holland versions. Um, because I think it's the only one where it's like, yeah, this kind of little gag makes sense. Like he always feels like a like a small town hero trapped in a bigger world in all the other films. And when he's in his own stuff, it's like feels very self-contained. So like this teenage kid hiding is like that makes sense. The like others are just kind of silly. Yeah, I mean, I also I mean, I guess as well, but they clearly did in the later films, like all Marvel movies, which it was such a good decision, is they just like made up bullshit technology to allow people to change into their costumes really quickly. Like yeah. just push this button and you're in your suit. Great, that's the way it should I don't want like them running off to be like, fuck, where's the dressing room? You know, I've got my bag with my suit in it, and I bring it. I think, oh, bring it I think the only time. way it works well is um, the only really like superhero you can do that with and not be boring is is a Batman, um, because I think the level of like tension, and you know the level of tension and the and the atmosphere brought to a scene by this guy who's just pretending to be a billionaire. You know what I mean? He's just realistically all he wants to do is put on a suit and beat this guy up. I think that stuff always works out well. Like I think Christian Bale. Did a really great job when he runs off to put a suit on. Michael Keaton um, was really good. I I haven't seen the the the, the only but the, the only runs off to put a suit on scene I can remember in any of the Christopher Nolan films is when his party gets invaded and, and he, he goes like, into the fireplace. He, he pretends he's a coward. He yeah, he goes into like, the panic room. Yeah, going into a panic room on his own and doesn't let anyone else in. Yeah, well, I thought that was great because you know they're looking for Bruce Wayne, and as soon as he's like out of the line of sight, he just he beats the shit out of the two guards. You know, without even thinking about it, and then he crawls off and just ignores the rest of his gets. But I, lo- I really like that scene because it's. It, I love the. I love just like how, like how he has like a tunnel vision, but like, like he no longer cares about like the party or the facade or any of that shit. Like he's, he's like glued to it, and he's not even like he doesn't even notice the guests when he walks past them and just like bluntly ignores them and goes into the panic room to change. He has full he, fucking uh, Patrick just, Bateman face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just like powers through them. Like but- these people don't even exist to him. I'd never thought this before, but now I have a thought, right? That guard, that enemy he knocks out with, like, fucking, you know, martial arts training precision. Yeah. He, they, he didn't kill him. 
No. So if the Joker gets away, that guy wakes up. Surely he's going to tell the Joker, yeah, Bruce Wayne is definitely Batman. Like the way he attacked me. There's no way a billionaire just knows that. Fair. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe he's afraid that Bruce Wayne will come beat him up again. <laughs> they all they did that scene in the movie, didn't they? Of like when your man's going to sell him out. <laughs> and uh, Morgan Freeman's like, so you think this guy is a... Uh, is a billionaire, like the most powerful man in the city who also goes around that night beating people to a pulp with his bare hands and you're trying to blackmail him. <laughs> fair. 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 Yeah. And I wonder if those movies still hold up well. They do. Well, the first and the second do. I haven't watched the third in a long time. The only scene I remember from that, which is so goofy a memory I can't rewatch it, is it's when he unbreaks back. This is when the cops are going to fight the criminals with guns, but they're charging towards the criminals. As if they're like they've got swords in a fantasy film or something. Yeah, I thought I the one thing that really and like it's a goofy comic book film, so it's fine. You know what I mean? You can, you can, you can let it stretch out. The, um, the one thing I I find really goofy about the third one, where I'm kind of like ah, this isn't this isn't great. Is when they he gets his back broken. You know, comic book yeah. homage, great, excellent, love it. You know, Bane beats the shit out of him, breaks him. Oh, fantasy. Breaks his back. And then he just kind of fixes himself when he's in the <laughs> when he's in the, the prison. Like he just kind of like I, Yeah, he just kinda like gets over it and like, you know, works himself back, I guess, into being in good shape and stuff. He actually ruined uh the costume for the third film, um, and it didn't fit him anymore because of his massive weight drop and gain um, going back to do the the final Batman. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because he had ballooned up to like two hundred pounds, and obviously, like you know, he was in pretty good shape. You know, he wasn't he wasn't like super lean or anything, but he's in pretty good shape. But the Batman costume wasn't made for that. It was the same costume in every movie, or the same set of costumes, what and they barely fit him for the third one, so they had to like cover up and stuff. Well, that happened in in the first as well, where um, he was like told by Christopher bulk up. But if you tell Christian Bale to bulk up and don't put any like upper limits on it, he'll just keep going. So he showed up like absolutely fucking hulking uh, to yeah. the first day of rehearsals. Like Christian Bale had to be like, "Oh fuck, you're way too big now. Lose like half of that weight." In fairness, though, if you're gonna say it to anyone, don't say it to Bale. Don't say it to Bale. The man's clearly unhinged. We know that. It is one of those things. Like you almost are morbidly curious. Like when he gets older, is he have health problems from those drastic weight gains? Oh, I think I think his kidneys are fucked. I think his kidneys are but fucked. But like the, the the other famous big physical transformation actor was Robert De Niro, and he's old enough now. He hasn't died. Yeah, old. but his aren't in the same way. He hasn't <laughs> and done also, it as much. Yeah. he hasn't done it as much. They're not in the same way in terms of like the extreme, and also in the bulking back up phase, there is not certain things going into him that um are gonna fuck you up down the line. Yeah, you know that's the that's the, that's what's gonna get you. Like the body itself isn't made for you to fucking lose eighty pounds and put on seventy five pounds and then lose sixteen pounds and then put on twenty six pounds all over the space of like six months. <laughs> you know, like that's not that's not good, dude. Don't do that to yourself, please. Um, but then the bulking up part where you bulk up a little bit too fast and a little bit too big in a very 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 short space of time gonna gonna have ramifications down the road. And that's not even in the TRT era. At least at least now. You can have a fucking doctor do it for you. Yeah. Not quite the same effect, but like, you know, 
it also means that you're not going to fucking enlarge your heart or fucking have a tumor on your kidney. Yeah, I mean, I always find those transformations weird. Like, is it easier to keep it up afterwards or not? Like, um, again, to go back to all the saw with Sonny, Rob McElhenney, Rob McElhenney, I thought he was going to bulk up for like a season because I imagine it would be really difficult to maintain it. But he's just kept it going now for like two or three seasons. Yeah, he's not quite as big um, as he was the first time around, but he's kept it. He's kept it a lot longer than I thought he would. I think COVID kind of killed some of that for him as well, though. Yeah, or um, Kamil Nanjiani and uh, ah, they fucking they ruined that poor bastard. Why would you do that to the guy? And also, did you see that movie? No, I haven't. I've I've literally only seen uh, Black okay. Widow since the last. So, Avengers. I, I've only seen two. I seen the Eternals. And I seen uh, Doctor Strange too because Stephen had me curious, and I love Sam Raimi. Um, probably the worst Sam Raimi film. Like, <laughs> not very good, not very interesting. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but like parts of the movie had to be filmed on green screens, sometimes in different countries because of COVID restrictions. Jesus, you can tell. Like I don't know where anyone's talking about like that you can't notice it. Like you can tell. And then the other the other um comment for it is always like, yeah, but obviously, you know, they had to do it this way. And it's like, right. But that doesn't mean it's good. And it's not. Like it's clearly not good. Um, you think like all movies made during COVID need to be graded on a curve? Like Olsen and Krasinski never met on set. Cause they were never on set together. Every scene really? where they're in, it's completely separate. Yeah, yeah. Um and the there's a scene where she kills Patrick Stewart and her and Patrick Stewart were not filming on the same day or in the same room when that scene happens. And you can tell. it's <laughs> That feels to me a bit like, I don't know, when I heard like all of those cameos that happened, it, fe- it felt a bit like last minute to me as if like they saw what happened with Spider-Man and they were like, yeah, we need to do this again. That was such good, like fans love fan service. but I, I think Sam Raimi probably came in with a million fucking Sam Raimi ideas. And Disney said, you can have these two. And he went, cool. Uh, you're paying me, you know, an obscene fucking bucket of money. I'm just going to do the movie. And I don't blame him. You know, I don't blame him at all. Take your fucking money, dude. But uh, it's it's a not very interesting Sam Raimi film. Um, a lot of the effects aren't very good. I know Steven's big problem was particularly the practical effects. And admittedly, they're not amazing. But the the visual effects aren't very good either in it and it's a real shame because there's a lot of like you know how in Doctor Strange it's kind of boring because it's just all like lights and sparks yeah yeah okay well, well it's, it's like a... when they when it's like uh, diet inception yeah um, and then it's like you know they're using their power but their power is just like a ring of sparks or like you know you know sparks are just going everywhere there's a few like Sam Raimi at the very start of the movie does like some really fucking cool like weird effects that are definitely like Sam Raimi inspired. Like there's a bus that's getting thrown across the city and in order to stop it, he summons like a giant dog head from hell and it bites it and drops it to the ground. And it's like, cool, this is interesting. This is like, this is like visually interesting compared to what this usually is. That all goes away within like 22 minutes of the film. And then it becomes not interesting again. (laughs) <laughs> and it doesn't really ever go back to being there's like one or two scenes where it's like yeah this is kind of cool looking but not like not really it's it's a real waste of Sam Raimi's talents to be quite honest Um, I think that if you just I think when you're bringing in directors like Raimi you just gotta kind of give them the fucking book and tell them to go 
the only you know, the only director they've brought in who you could argue who you could really say did their own thing on the film uh was Taika Waititi and that's because his own thing isn't a thing of visual style or anything like that it's a thing of humor style you know so marvel so he could he could do the marvel house style and put in his own jokes and marvel don't give a shit because as long as there's jokes there yeah i mean i didn't see i didn't see the latest tour movie but he made the other one like that was good um bonjour he'll be there in a second give him time it's birthday he's asleep he's probably only have one croissant man I'd love a croissant that you've said it. I kind of always want a croissant, but I also always don't want a croissant. That's a really good way of describing I think like my mental picture of a croissant is much better than what a croissant actually is. What? You're clearly getting bad croissants. Yeah, that's definitely the problem. Is I always think, oh man, I'd love a croissant. And then like And then you go to Tesco or a little. I go to, yeah, I go to Centra. Yeah, yeah. And it's something yeah, fucking fine. awful. Are those just roll ones that you bake yourself and are super dry? <sighs> Yeah, but what you gotta do, Dan, is I suppose you, you might. The, you gotta put the egg wash on. You gotta put a sausage in the middle, and then you got yourself a little croissant hot dog. Fuck me, that sounds so good. Croissant sausage roll. See. Because your main problem, Dan, is that perhaps the idea of a croissant has been inflated in your mind by, you know, conceptually. By everyone pronouncing like, it that way. Croissant. Well, you know, That's to rise. Most delicious pronunciation possible. It's a play on. It's a play on the the croissants of the situation. No. I'm sorry, I can't really... Hey, I got a really bad mouth ulcer. Don't talk to me about bad mouths, dude. I'm having a fucking <laughs> mirror this week. God damn. I, I also bought myself an AeroPress. Oh. Is that a birthday present to yourself? I guess. They always I mean, I just cool. buy things sometimes. Yeah, that's what, that's what an adult is. <laughs> that's fair enough, actually. Yeah, you don't need to conceive yeah. everything as a present to yourself. This is a February 21st present to myself. Yeah, when Pro you're an adult. Season. When you're an adult, you can just decide, you know what, I do want a new bike. And then you can go and buy yourself a new bike. And it's nice. I still have a sort of a thrill from when I bought the Xbox because I went from thinking, I think I'd like to own an Xbox to buying one in the space mm. of like two days. <laughs> that's, what happened, that's what happened with the PlayStation. I helped Stephen buy his PlayStation. I was like, yeah, I don't need one. And then I immediately bought it. <laughs> there's still a sort of child in me that's amazed that I'm allowed to do that. Fair. <laughs> there's someone who 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 would stop me. I'll someone stop like, you if you want. I get like a call from my mother being like, "I heard you spent all this money." <laughs> Daniel, the credit, the the bank statement came in and we opened it and we seen you went to GameStop. <laughs> you spent six hundred very... euro in GameStop for the stonks, ma'am. It's an investment. I'm an investor. <laughs> just buy a shit ton of games thinking that's how you buy stocks <laughs> yes stonks when this goes up I get more money right <laughs> guys I don't know how the stock market works but I have 92 copies of Red Dead Redemption oh class where do I give the, what do I do with these <laughs> do I do I mail these to the stock exchange <laughs> well there's some really cool guy in Dublin that <laughs> sent them some money <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh yeah, sorry. We were talking before you joined, Stephen. We were talking about um, um, Hollywood actors killing themselves, namely Christian Bale, with his massive way he deflates and inflates over the period of like four months, nineteen times a year, for no real reason. Sometimes for a role, and we were saying that you know directors need to stop telling Bale specifically to change his shape. Just whatever shape he comes in for the for the casting in, leave him to it. Tell him he looks perfect. 
<laughs> Man's clearly unhinged. Leave him to it. You don't need this guy killing himself for fucking Elvis or whatever. Because but... I'm definitely because I'm definitely curious if in like fucking how old is he? He's in his probably forties, fifties. In twenty years, you like all of a sudden you'll hear he's died of a heart attack or something. Oh, Bale's definitely in his fifties. Bale's like fifty-two. If I had to guess, sure, Tom Hardy's fucking old as shit now. He's almost four. He's on. He's like mid forties. Bale's definitely older. Um, but we we're talking about uh, Kamel Nanjiani, who also did like a fucking obscene like body transformation from like schlubby comedian to fucking gigantic bodybuilder. Um, and Dan had said he'd never seen uh, the movie he did it for. I I seen the Eternals dog shit movie. Don't watch it. I literally awful awful movie. There is so little point to Kamel Nanjiani. <laughs> steroiding up to the fucking lit. you don't see it it's not like he ever has like a topless scene he's mostly fully dressed the entire movie even like his wrists have shit on them you only see like a bit of his forearm and biceps they turn this fucking poor bastard into a nice little comedian boy to some kind of weird fucking eight head hulk and he doesn't even get to like show it off is it just that they wanted his face to like have that really I uh, think he wanted his face fat. to have it. I think he I think he was take oh. <laughs> I think he wanted to have it. I think I think Kamal wanted to know what it's like to be in Mar- in, in the superhero movie shape. I think that's why it was done. Um <laughs> well, like, point. But, but, like no one said it to him at any point. He just like assumed it. But he went away and showed up on the yeah. first day of set and they were like, What the fuck? You know you know the way like you always hear like Brits talking about like, oh, I wish I, I wish they'd cast me for I'm a celebrity because I'd lose so much weight or whatever. Like, you know, they make the elf hand the joke that they'd be, they'd have to lose weight because they'd be getting starved in a jungle. I think that Hollywood actors sit there and go, man, I could really do a getting back in shape. I hope I get cast for Spider-Man 4. And I think that's the main driving factor. Okay, I think I, I remember watching some video about some personal trainer um, talking about what he needed to do for um different actors for different not not just you know hollywood or not just superhero movies but like all sorts of films you know like if you need to have a uh, if you need to look like you've been in a Viet Cong prison camp for however long or if you need to plausibly look like a um yeah like a boxer or whatever and it looks awful it looks like the most joyless six seven months of your life yeah <laughs> but in fairness though then someone cuts you a seven figure check and you look like a fucking superhero <laughs> on screen instead of being like, you know, a schlub. So I guess that's the, that's the upside. I guess so, but then you have to fucking maintain it. Well, yeah, but they only maintain it for like, you know, the six weeks or so. <laughs> and then that I goes just, away. I just need that enough discipline the, to get me towards the sequel. <laughs> that, was the, that was the Chris Evans thing. That's why he almost didn't want to do it, because the commitment was so long term. Is I, With Del Toro, right? Has he, like, he's done a lot of good movies. Is it Pan's Labyrinth? Yeah. Has he been, mm. has he been, fuck, like, is he one of those unfortunate people who, like, has never really done better than the movie that made them really famous? Um, yeah, I guess so. Like, I know he did Hellboy and that kind of made him prominent, but Pan's Labyrinth well, was really the thing that made him, like. Well, because, like, in terms of, like, in terms of movies, he hasn't done, like, a huge amount. Like, I'm, you know. His stuff's always very good. He's extremely talented. You know, you can't watch Blade 2 and not go, holy shit, Blade 2 fucking rules. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess The Hobbits, if you're really into, if you're really into... um, He didn't do them. He just said he, he wrote them. Yeah, but well, he was a writer on them anyway. <laughs> he didn't, I know he didn't direct them. But... Yeah. 
Um, but I guess that, or maybe that new Pinocchio with the uh, the burning of the cross scene. I did see that new Pinocchio. It's very good. Is it? It's weirdly well, of course sad. It is. I told you, it's Guillermo. Of course, it's good. It's re- I it's weird. It's really like fucking um, like it, it leans into how unsettling stop motion is. Yeah. Like in terms of how everyone moves in the most creepy fucking way possible. And then you hear like Christoph Waltz's voice coming out of this guy who's like moving like a half four mannequin. And you're thinking, yeah. all right, that's just ruined Christoph Waltz for me from now on. Why are you walking like a normal human, Christoph? Why aren't you like prancing across the screen like a praying mantis? Dan, I don't mean to give you a, a t- too much of... um credit here for being right but uh apparently pan's <laughs> labyrinth, apparently pan's labyrinth uh, actually did have a sequel in the works and then death horror decided eh, <laughs> and moved uh-huh. on so yeah you're right he just doesn't like sequels <laughs> the number two scares him which is funny because fucking hellboy 2 isn't that good so you wonder why was he attracted to that project which which hellboy is the one where he he's fighting in the subway is that one i think so that's the best scene the only thing that's I the remember, best scene in Hellboy. The only one I remember in Hellboy is uh, the, the the girl's backstory, where she like I think accidentally burnt down a whole orphanage or something. Only you know, I, the I, I saw. Kid brother did that, Kane. You know they're not actually brothers. It's all kayfabe. That joke is just there for Matham. I'm sure he'll text me at some stage. <laughs> 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 we can move on from that. That doesn't need to go any further. Isn't uh, the guy? Isn't Kane like a big trumper? Um, yeah, I think so, isn't he? Yeah, he's disappoints he, me anyway. Yeah, I mean he's he's uh, he's really in like the punching down conservative mentality now. Um, which didn't is really he become the mayor of some shit shit heap of a town? Yeah, yeah I yeah, heard he's that. Near Knoxville, Tennessee. Gross. Maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe maybe it's Memphis. I don't know. Some fucking backwater diary for any of our any of our Memphis listeners or Tennessee listeners or whatever. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast, you're the only 10 I see, baby. I was about to make the same gag. Do it. But you I'll got there first. It's your birthday. No, 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 no. You said it with such <laughs> verve and viv and gusto. <laughs> Fine. We'll keep mine and I'll just edit your voice over it to make it sound like it's you. <laughs> We're all good. Um, What's the under? Is the Undertaker a Republican? Oh, of course he is. Of course he is. Which, you give anyone so more. So which pro which wrestlers way? are Democrats then? Are there any pro wrestlers who are Democrats? Jesse Ventura uh, was it was it was it wasn't he a fair, um, fair fair Jesse Ventura a governor? Or, but yeah. was he was he a Democrat or was he an independent? Um, I okay, come on, I'm gonna Google it. <laughs> Last registered Democrat. What's the most uh, left wing American pro wrestler? That's what I want to know. Uh, Isn't oh. is Stone Cold pretty le- left wing? Um, I think he's, I think he's kind of in the middle. He is left wing. He's 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 um, he is an LGBTQ ally. Um, okay, that's a start. Um, but I think he's just kind of like a guy that like lives on a weird ranch that he bought with all of his money in Texas, and he just kind of like sometimes is on the side of things that he thinks are like sound good. I guess uh, he was independent then. Jesse the Body Ventura was an independent candidate. Yeah. <laughs> um. But like, yeah, he's a he's an ally and stuff. I guess, uh, I, I guess, I guess, um, Mick Foley is a uh, is Mick Foley's up there. Um, Batista uh, too. I, I had to stop following Batista on Twitter for a while. 
because he was just retweeting loads of stuff about American politics, which fair uh, enough, but also Fergal is up there as well. Um he's a huge LGBTQ ally. Um, Fergal. Uh, Fergal. Fergal Devitt, Finn Balor. Oh, I thought Fergal is not a, a name I associate with someone capable of beating anyone up. Fergal's not the name you so <laughs> Fergal's not the name you associate with someone who's that fucking hot in his forties. The fuck? Unfucking real. <laughs> Man's like disgustingly fucking shredded. I don't think I've ever seen anyone leaner in my fucking life. He's like fucking 45. Might even be Bray. older. That's what I find funny is he's from Bray. He had a he story working? about... It looks like he's working as a fucking bouncer, apparently, according to his Instagram. Oh, <laughs> the purple the trousers? Uh, what's that yeah. about? It looks a uh, bit like a bouncer. I mean... Oh, it's cyberpunk tech wear. Whatever. Fucking um, hell. He is 41, going 42 next year. So good on him. Um, he is shredded. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Disgustingly so. And he has been, like, for, like you know, fucking 20 years. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, in fairness, you know, if you can't be the big, gigantic guy, then you have to be the fucking super shredded, sexy guy. You know, you can't, you know, there's no in-between. Although, he did want to get super fat when he became a bad guy in Japan, and I wish he had done it. That would have been really funny. <laughs> well his whole thing I was like I... the Japanese love me because I'm so jacked he's like but if I'm going to be a bad guy now I should get really fat it's the opposite they'll hate it it's like eh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I can see the logic maybe don't I wish I had a section on my CV that just said bad guy in Japan I wish I'm I had a t-shirt that said bad guy in Japan <laughs> yeah you know I took a gap year to become a bad guy in Japan gap year we, we need to design bad guy in Japan t-shirts I'd wear that shirt. It sounds like a great I'm shirt. Bad in Japan. <laughs> we can get one. We can get one that says "Bad in Saipan" and give it to a friend of the show. <laughs> Is Roy Keane a friend of the show? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Roy Keane, you're welcome. Of... Roy Keane's welcome. Think... Brew anytime he wants. <laughs> I'm not inviting Roy Keane. No offense, Roy, but I'm afraid. <laughs> Dan, you're from Cork. You ask him. He's from Mayfield. I'm not talking to him. <laughs> that's, some, that's some cork classism there for you. Jesus. So, where are you where are you from again? Douglas. I don't know what that means. Douglas, that's a fucking surname. That's not a place. Get out of here. Yeah. That's all it's the capital of the Isle of Man as well, Steve. So it's clearly a place name. Isle of Man's a kit, man. No, I don't think so. That's definitely that's definitely a surname. His name's not Fergal Bray. <laughs> that'd be silly, because that's not that's a place. Devitt, it's a name. I wish we did have some one of those old-fashioned uh, surname systems. Like, you could only call yourself son of, and then your father, or you had to call yourself by your job or where you were from, and those are your only three options. Fergal of Bray. Yeah, Fergal of, yeah exactly. <laughs> Fergal, son of Rishtard. <laughs> Devitt, bad in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough career, being bad in Japan, but yeah. Because I'm bad I mean, in Japan. Has to be, right? Um, so my my Christmas holiday is starting off fantastic. Uh, left the house this morning and got absolutely destroyed uh, by the rain. <laughs> so, yeah, it does look like it's raining outside, all right. It's uh, it's very bad. It's a pretty miserable day. It soaked all the way through. It actually soaked through the box of one of these Christmas presents. So that's cool. Love mm. that for me. Um, you should have got a bag. I had a bag. It soaked through the bags. That's how bad it was. Yeah. It's it was very rough out there. <laughs> Um, but you know that's okay. We live, we learn. I get to get wet again later, um, so that's always fun. 
I got to now dry my shoes in the dryer. <laughs> I have no shoes. Sorry, do you not? You just don't have more shoes. I have I have a pair of shoes, but I'm not going to wear my fucking wedding shoes out, Stephen. It's crazy. Come on. I just wish I could live my life with your degree of minimalism. You just, I just don't like. There's certain things I don't need. You know, like I need socks and underwear, but I barely have enough socks and underwear to last me, you know, the space of a couple of weeks. Um, Hang on, so do I. I'm still yeah. buried in a mountain of the stuff. No, I don't have a mountain of them. I, I run it quite a lot. But then again, I'm a grown man. I don't wear underwear very often because that's an adult. That's, that's baby stuff. Don't need that. Don't need that in my life. I'm in control of my own dick. I don't need anything to protect it. That's fine. Exactly. Underwear, my underwear's not protecting my dick. It's not made out of steel. It's stopping it cotton. flopping around. Yeah, but, you know, just wear really tight pants. It keeps my balls wrong. Just wear really tight pants. You can just, like, put them into a, you know, position, and then they're good to go. I think, I, I, I think that... That's too drafty for me. I don't like that. Yeah, exactly. I, I, want, I want the warmth. I want the little, the little hug on my crotch all day. If I didn't have Are you that, wearing fur underwear? Secure. No, cotton, you maniac. I actually have yeah. much sometimes merino wool actually. <laughs> ah, mink. <laughs> that Steve. that would be so comfortable. Steve out <laughs> in fucking Siberia hunting buffalo for. Uh... Uh. <sighs> Make sure you take the horns off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you think there's people? Are, you know how there's people in Texas that was really big, ugly belt buckles with like the stag on the front or whatever. Yeah, big fucking steer. Do you think they have like underwear like that? <laughs> like they're like when they're like when they go home to the wife, Guaranteed. like they put on like they put on their like little underwear and it has like little like buffalo horns on the side. That's doom, awesome. Doom, doom, doom. I would say I think they eat cow pies as well, like desperate Dan. <laughs> I actually, I actually seen the dandy the other day, and I was gonna buy it. Or it's a beano now. Sorry, they're all combined, aren't they? Yeah, uh, are they? Oh, they are, aren't they? Yeah, what yeah. They, how do they warm that? How does I don't know. I think like? basically. I, I, I seen the cover for the latest Beano and I had Desperate Dan on it, but then I think just a bunch of Beano characters. I did not see Banana Man, friends. I did not see Banana Man. Banana Man's the best of all of them. I know. I was explaining this to Aoife. <laughs> I was explaining this to Aoife in the middle of Eason's when we were standing in a big queue. And I was like, listen, I know the Beano has more cachet, but the Dandy had Desperate Dan and it <laughs> mm -hmm. also Banana Man and it also had the guy with his little robot army that he controls with his remote control yeah remember the they were all the, fucking the robot cool army. i my favorite in all of them was the bash street kids because it was an oh yes you got more comic very relatable it was a, a two-page spread always i fucking and i don't know why i hated roger the dodger i just didn't like his dodges i was like just do some work he's roger. the bad kid no dennis is the bad I did, kid and Minnie, i didn't yeah. like his dodges stop dodging roger yeah he kept you'd be given a perfectly uh, reasonable dodge. request Pick up your clothes, Roger the Dodger. And instead, he spent fucking three hours creating some elaborate scheme to trick someone else into picking up his clothes for him. He's just a bad I, kid. Isn't that how Nuria like, tricks you into like, getting her water? <laughs> no, Nuria just tells me to do it. And I'm weak-willed oh. enough for them. Like, yes, I thought, I thought she used to trick you into standing up and then tell you, like, oh, Nuria, you're up. You should go get me water. No, <laughs> I know. Normally, actually, the request for water is how she tricks me into standing up. And then she makes the bigger request. <laughs> <laughs> the water is the easy thing. Ah, Nuri the Dodger. <laughs> That's why I, I preemptively hated him. No. I'm sorry. I still can't fucking speak today. I keep fucking like stuttering and like fucking slurring words. This fucking stupid jaw is really pissing me off. I haven't eaten solid food in a fucking week.
What? Is that are you are you are you capable yet of 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 doing? I it, could probably you... I could probably eat something solid today. I have no appetite and I feel pretty nauseous. I I usually usually I don't really feel penicillin at all. Like I don't like I don't get any side effects. Uh, this penicillin has wiped my appetite completely. I I'm just not hungry ever. Um, and also it's 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 making me feel quite sick. Um, as well. So it's not it's not great. Like I don't I don't I know I'm not going to throw up, but. I'm kind of always at a state of nauseous where it feels like I could throw up and it's it's puts me off wanting to eat. Gosh. So like I've picked little bits of food, like tiny little bits to test my mouth here and there. But like you're talking like literally like a couple of bites and uh, then I've had a couple of like giant protein shakes I made myself um, to just try and have something in my system. Um, and they, they did okay. Just, you know, I had a shake yesterday and that was it. I had a shake on um, Wednesday and that's it. But and then I didn't have... I think before that year. Uh, but like, are you, how long do you still be on it? Um, so I'm, I'm finished today with the penicillin. So I'm hoping tomorrow I start getting an appetite back. At the very least, I'd like if I stop feeling sick, to be quite honest. <laughs> I'm getting kind of tired. Yeah, that's reasonable. That. Um, I could do like the appetite, whatever, who fucking cares? I guess I could like, you know, if I miss a fucking meal, I can catch a meal back in the future. It's okay. But like, it's the, the nauseous feelings really starting to piss me off. I, I almost think it's interesting after a certain stage of sickness where you're just bored with it. When yeah. I had COVID, after like a, for like a day, I was almost there was a novelty to it. I was like, oh, this is what COVID's like. And then you were like, oh, okay, grand. I get it. I'm finish. <laughs> Let leave me leave me the room. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been, that's been my week. Um, right up to Christmas again. Uh, I actually looked at a old receipt the other day and found out that um, four years ago, when I had to get those bone chips removed from my mouth, um, it was almost to the fucking day that the tooth broke. So I guess in four years' time, I'm going to have some kind of other fucking mouth ailment that happens uh, right before Christmas. <laughs> I bet you're going to get... Uh, I don't know. I was trying to think of a terrible mouth ailment. Herpes. Like mouth <laughs> cancer. <laughs> yeah, that would be terrible. Yeah, that would really suck. That would really ruin my Christmas. <laughs> yeah, that's not funny. That's just sad. But also, we've had this conversation before. So years ago, I... Um... Ah, we don't have to go over the whole injury thing. But I got, I got hurt and basically had to have a broken tooth removed. Um, and there was little bits of tooth um, that had broken off that were stuck in my jaw and a couple of little bone chips that were stuck in my jaw that just no one had identified or told me about for years until they eventually migrated to a point where uh, it was causing me quite a lot of pain. And it was also apparently the source of my fucking lockjaw because I have literally not had it since. It went away overnight when they got removed. So I go nice. to the dentist. I'm in the dentist on uh, Sunday gone. Uh, first appointment I could get. And he gives me the consent form to say like, hey, you know, we're going to do this. You're agreeing that we're allowed to do this to you. Here's the potential, like, you know, dangers of it. And you can't get mad at us, essentially, if, we, if one of these happens. For years, people told me that the chips being left in my mouth was like the weirdest thing they'd ever heard, that obviously the dentist was shit. In fairness, they were right. That dentist was really shit. <laughs> I used to have a really bad dentist. <laughs> um, but the first thing on the consent form says on it, you are waving away your right to get mad at us, essentially. You can't sue us. You know, we can't be held accountable if part of the root or tooth is left inside the gum after removal. 
Uh, it was the first thing on the consent. <laughs> so I've been gaslit for fucking years. This is obviously a regular occurrence, or at the very least, uncommon. <laughs> well, like, this is I'm ridiculous. Well, what I, I'd want to know then is like, is that not just forgiving them not doing their job right, or is that something where like it's un, uh, uncontrollable and there's sometimes that's going to happen? I think I think it's sometimes happening. Well, so but they're both the same, right? Like a lot of those consent forms are in a way where it's like this isn't necessarily this person doing something wrong, um, but there are no. obviously dangers with it, and we don't want you to be able to sue this person who was doing their job to the best of their ability. Um, yeah. you know, it's it's not a blame thing, um, and it's not it's not like them like trying to like get rid of blame. It's just like you know, if if I'm yanking on a tooth in your mouth and you get scared and bite down and that chips a tooth, like that's you can't come back and sue us for this because you know. There's obviously a possibility if you do it. I don't know anyone that would move their mouth. Um, I think just instinctively you know to keep it there. But, you know, it, it's just to get rid of stuff like that. But it was the first thing on the fucking list was that like, oh, hey, by the way, when we remove this, if there's a little bit of tooth left in there, a little bit of root left in there, sorry. And it's like, you, for fucking years, people tried to gaslight me into thinking that that was not okay. And if clearly it happens a lot more than people think. Yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely... Anyway, if it uh, happens to you, please get it removed. The removal process is really fucking gnarly, but it's it doesn't hurt. And uh, wow, does that feel a lot fucking better when that's gone. So you're fixed now, hopefully. Uh, oh, yeah, time. yeah, 100%. Until this time next year. No, 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 next year I'll be fine. Uh, I'll, I'll be fucked oh, in so 2026. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's every four years um, that, I, that I get fucked over. So you know, in the, I'm you know in, the, in the Simpsons when they have that uh, visualization of Lisa if she doesn't get braces and the tooth grows yeah. and grows and eventually pierces her skull. Pierces her head. <laughs> yeah. That's what's that going to happen. That scared me as a kid. Yeah. I don't know, that's scary. That's why I remembered it. I, that, that dentist scared me in general. You know, he's like asking Ralph if he cleans his teeth. That's another round. Must, that... Why must you lie? That's why must you era. turn my dentist surgery into a house of lies? <laughs> the big that's book another... of British that's... smiles. That's another yeah. earworm of mine. I have two from that episode. One is obviously yeah. dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Dental yeah. plan. Uh, the other one oh, is yeah. tomorrow I'm going to punch Lenny in the back of the head. Oh, but is, is, is it the tomorrow going to punch Lenny in the back of the head bit or is it Lenny's noise after he gets punched? Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's the back oh. of the head. Every now and again, someone will say something and I'll include someone else in for no reason. I'll be like, tomorrow I'm going to punch, you know, Dan in the back of the head. And no <laughs> one ever gets the reference. But it just, I have to do, like, it just, it comes out. Oh, actually, do you know what? From that episode, is one of my earworms. Is um, you know, Holmes like I'm Gummy Joe. Where, where, where would you be without the dental plan? Well, I wouldn't have old Champa here, that's for sure. <laughs> and he fights into the can. Yeah, the just the, I wouldn't have old Champa here. I just it's stuck in my head half of the time. Or like I'll use it for other things as well. Like if I'm calling stuff, I wouldn't have old Foley here, that's for sure. Is that the most mnemonic episode of The Simpsons? It isn't that like. The episode that and the um the the one where Sideshow Bob tries to kill Bart and they move to a houseboat are like famously the two best episodes of The Simpsons. <laughs> I mean, I guess right because like we're talking about it now, but we're talking about like nine different scenes in a twenty-minute episode oh, that's oh, stuck I, in our head. I have another one from that episode as well. See now, do classical gas. <laughs> 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 There's a whole um, video on YouTube of just that repeated with like different Lennies coming in and Lisa continuing to do it, or like a gigantic <laughs> Lenny coming in. Now do classical gas. Yes. Yeah. I think my favorite air earworm from The Simpsons is um, Homer, Homer, obviously Homer at Lollapalooza, but when 
Uh, hang on. I am awake, I swear. Hang on, I know this one. Why does Homer get it, accused of a dollar palooza? That's not a hate crime. It's something like... But they think he's a narc. Homer, did you eat my watermelon? <laughs> and now Sonic Youth's gotten into my cooler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who ordered the London Symphony Orchestra? Cypress Hill, I'm looking for you. We ordered this time. Oh, yeah, that was us. <laughs> I genuinely can't look at the London now, Symphony this Orchestra I like. again. <laughs> Homer, I take good care of my freaks. I'm sending you to a vet. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna go. So I gotta take a phone call. Sorry. Okay, I'll wait till he goes back. Then we'll just vamp. Let's talk about the Simpsons some more. Ugh. I'm just thinking of that. Um, that you that know what I always remember the... as a kid, and this go isn't on. even necessarily like just the Simpsons. Yeah. They made such a big deal about episode 300. Fuck it, the Tony like it Hawk was... episode. Yeah, but like, did you remember how like incessant Hello, Mark, how are you? was for that? Yeah. You know, there was fucking, there was like, there was trailers everywhere. Mm. They were advertising on radio. They were just constantly pointing this out. And then the big shit. thing is that they pushed like the, I, I think that's the gag. I think they made episode 300 shit on purpose. Well, like, I think they made like an average episode and like the big gag is that they pushed the little, uh, those little clickers. It says well, 300. What? What was the, uh, do you remember the one with, uh, with, with Troy McClure, where it was like a, a joke anniversary, the, the Simpsons 138th episode spectacular. So I remember thinking like old Simpsons would have taken the piss out of the idea of celebrating an anniversary and new Simpsons made a huge deal of it and released a mediocre episode. How many episodes are there now? I would say, um, let me think, like 800. 800. I'm going to say like seven. 770, I'm going to say. Wow, fair play. 738. Oh, shit. You did really well. Well, I was trying to think. I was like, you know, they can only do so many a year, you know? Yeah. And if anything, the seasons now have probably gotten shorter um, than they used to be. Um, so I was thinking like, fuck, you know, could they really have gotten... My, my original thought was like, are they over a thousand yet? And I was thinking like, no, I feel like that'd be a big deal. They have to end I, at a thousand, right? I was thinking they're, they're almost certainly going for it now. Yeah, um, but like speaking well, I, of shows that like should end at a certain point, you know, did you see about um, the Pokemon anime that they with, they they've said that they're ending Ash Ketchum's story because he's, he's yeah, become yeah, yeah. the Pokemon master now. Yeah, it's sad to see that everyone's getting laid off this year. <laughs> but like that really just convinced me that eventually, I think when you have a long running show and people start to panic about how we can never end this now because we've just kept it going for so long. That like if even the most minute opportunity to escape and finish it comes up, they're like, yeah, uh, Ash is done now. He's a Pokemon master. We're we're finished. So I think <laughs> if they get to the thousand episode, they're like, yeah, that's a good point to end, and they will stop. Yeah, yeah. I think like I guess like you can always just keep it going forever because there's two mindsets, right? It's like let's see how many we can do. You know, let's see how many we can do before the Simpsons has to be over, like before we cancel the series. But then you also kind of go like. A thousand's a good number to end, you know? A thousand's a good number to be like, we're done. How come they never made a second Simpsons movie? What was the deal with that? Did they just have it, like, was it just a miserable experience? But, like, wasn't the, um... Wasn't the first one, like, a, an immediate success? I think so. I went, when I went to see it and I seen Bart's Willy, I thought that was funny. <laughs> That's the only bit about it I remember. I, I remember being really fucking pissed off by, um by the spider pig stuff but not because of the movie itself but just because it seemed to be the funniest joke in the world to the unfunniest so, people i'd ever met so the movie 
at the box office uh, was a $75 million budget. Um, and it made $536.4 million back. <laughs> it's pretty fucking good. I wonder why they never did a sequel. I mean, it took them it took them like 20 years to release the original. You know, like they could have done a Simpsons movie back when The Simpsons was good. And they didn't. So they need to wait so another looking 20 at years it here, before doing another. No, I'm reading it here. So in 2014, Brooks stated that he had been approached by Fox and that they had requested a second film. Uh, he said, there's no media plans. And said, we've been asked to develop it, but we haven't. We're doing a lot of other stuff. Um, the other stuff being, I guess, just The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. like, what are you talking about? Yeah, and then in December of 2014, um, so late that year, just prior to the broadcast of the episode, The Man Who Came to Be Dinner. <laughs> That's a good title. Gina <laughs> on Twitter of the episode, which was produced in 2012 and originally set to air in May 2013, had been held back by himself and Brooks was being considered for adaption into a sequel film as the episode was cinematic. Gene later explained that there was a fear of the potential film being considered not canonical with the TV series and the potential backlash of overcoming by using a memory wipe. In July 2017, Silverman and Gene said the sequel was in the early stages of development and stressed the total production of the first took on the entire staff. Yeah, so that's what I thought. I thought it was definitely like a, hey, we're really glad we did a movie, but also this really fucking sucked. Uh, on August I would imagine 10, it's, it's much worse. It's, well, especially for, for they've them. They've never right? done a South Park movie since, right? Uh, yeah, they, they were like, "This was fucking terrible." And then they, went, I think, when they made the game, they were like, "We thought this was going to be awful because um, the movie was so shit, and actually, it was way easier." So and that's what they made a second game. They made a second game, and they never made a second movie. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, because it's like, it's weird with that stuff, right? Because like you're you're working on like like the Simpsons movie is just more of the Simpsons, and that's great. Like they're my favorite. Type. Like we talked about the other week, where I fucking hate when a movie becomes a TV show. Um, and I do. I have. I fucking. I hate when a movie becomes a TV show. Funny examples I really of love... that are there. The only one I can um, think I mean... of offhand is Buffy. But then and there's that... a lot. Like there's there's a lot of other ones. Like you know, there's the um, there's a, like a lot in the '90s would have done that where they where they went into either animated shows or live action shows after movies. And then there's also uh, the gentleman. Oh yeah, like turning... the Disney shit. Yeah, they stuff like that used to happen quite a lot. Um, you know the the gentleman, which was um out like last year i believe or this year maybe uh that's now becoming um uh a set of tv shows guy Ritchie's other movies apparently returning to tv shows i didn't see them but it's, it's just a standpoint i just i hate when it goes the other way when you have a really good tv show and then they say they're gonna do a movie as a follow-up rather than another season that's so fucking much cooler like everything you liked about the tv show except for they have to keep it condensed down under like 10 hours or whatever because that's what the series would be and it's like oh it's big budget and everything looks really good and the sets are really good and like you know we're able to do some interesting stuff that the tv show can't do because you know you're not paying a ticket to see the tv show so you only have so much budget i just think that's fucking excellent i think that's everything you want um but i guess when you're doing like the simpsons and it's like yeah we do the simpsons like 24 7 and then in order to do the movie we have to do the simpsons you know essentially 37 <clears throat> you know, you need to find more hours in more days to do the thing we're already doing. And I guess that makes it tougher. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I guess like the other... Like Firefly you know, and Serenity, right? That's a perfect example. Great TV that was, show. That, that was a necessary movie. thing, though. That wasn't like, it's not like um, Bob's Burgers, where they just took a break. Be like, yeah, we'll do a movie, see how that goes, and then go back to doing the TV show. 
Right, but that's what I mean. I think that's the cooler way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's But like great. with Serenity, they, they, that wasn't that. That was, they were like, well, fuck <laughs> it. We, you know, we've been cancelled. We can probably get a movie out of this. Yeah. But I think that like, it really is everything you like about Firefly, the TV show, on a grander scale. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. My favorite of these um, TV shows into movies uh, is Dan Harmon realizing that a uh, throwaway joke that was written, what, 10 years ago, 12 years ago for Community is now like an anchor around his neck and the cast of the entire show because they're like obliged to, to hit a movie. <laughs> because, I don't know if you've seen Community, but there's a bit where um, Abed is watching some other show and he's told it won't last a season and he shouts back six seasons in a movie and Community happens to last six seasons. <laughs> So oh, no. now every time they do interviews, all of the cast, uh, Dan Harmon, everyone's like, so when's the movie coming out? So you'll hit six seasons in a movie. <laughs> he accidentally fucked himself. I know, yeah, he's stuck. <laughs> he accidentally ruined his own life by having success. <laughs> That's the worst thing to do. So we are at the end of the year. Um, this episode is coming out. Really? Oh, shit. Maybe the 25th. I am not sure which day it's going to come out. It's either coming out 25th, which is two days from now, or the 26th, um, yeah. which, which is Monday. Um, and so, since we're here, I made a New Year's resolution earlier this year that I don't know if you guys remember, where I said I was only allowing myself to buy one video game at most per month. And that was me. That was me done. That was me trying to curb the habit of where I see like, oh... There was these three games I'm looking at, and they're massively reduced, so I'll just spend eighty quid now, um, even though I have no time to play them. I was trying to be trying to be more trying to be better, where trying to curb a habit. Okay. Do you want to care to guess how many video games? Because I will not be buying any this week. How many video games I have bought total in 2022? One. Keep in Are mind, you... one is correct. I was it, have. Was it Elden Ring? Ring in March. And then I just didn't ever need to buy another game this year. That was me done. But the sales to sway me. I didn't allow any of these these shyster marketing emails that slipped in to be like, oh, look at this game on your wish list. It's now only nine euro. None of it. Bulletproof, baby. Mission accomplished. Did you download anything on Game Pass? Um, did I download Game Pass in 2022? No. I didn't. Okay. Then, okay. So it's a real, it's a real accomplishment. Okay. Fair enough. But also, game yeah, I mean, pass doesn't you, count. You're spending money and you're getting games. No, because the money thing is already there. That's that's for your online play. That's the true. games are free. I don't want to play online. I don't want to play with other people though. I'd hate that they keep pushing all of these multiplayer. I don't. I never want to see another human being when I'm playing a game. It's it's an Xbox thing. It's I I, I play online with Jordan sometimes. Um, it's an Xbox thing. Xbox is very like multiplayer focused. It's it's always been their appeal since the 360. Um, but no, I haven't. I haven't had any time to do that. But so I bought one video game in all of 2022, which means I might as well just go and delete Steam now because I just I don't think it's needed anymore. I think I I think I've outgrown Steam. Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, backlog of 9,000 fucking video games that I've never going to play. Who has time? I don't have time. I know. That's why I wanted to do this. That's what my big deciding factor, more so than just saving money. Um, and admittedly, video games are very expensive now. So even if I had bought all 12, that's almost a thousand mm. euro on video games. Oof. Jesus Christ. Yeah, um, point. But I bought one, about one video game. And thankfully, well, I mean, I guess the negative side of that is that instead of getting a chance to actually play any of the stuff that I've bought and never played, um, mm. I had so little time this year 
that this one video game took up all my time and I didn't get to play anything else. Uh-huh. <laughs> Whoops. But still though, save 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 the grand, I guess. <laughs> I'm a fucking sucker when it comes to video game sales, dude. Mm. I'm such a fucking sucker for it normally. There's a game that I won't get to play for eight months, but I'll be like, well, it's only 50 now instead of 65. I have to buy it. I'd be an idiot not to buy it at this price. Not you're anymore. Def- you're definitely going to end up now because of this hubris next by year. By 32 games? Yeah, by <laughs> so many in one go. You're going to accidentally do it. It's going to be one of those packs. You think you're buying like one Jackbox game and you've actually bought like all fucking 200 that exist. <laughs> I mean, that's possible. I mean, I was I was going to buy another video game, but not for me as a gift. But I didn't. Instead, I got you Paddington One and Two. Now, <laughs> <laughs> what was the video game you were going to buy? At Red Dead Redemption. Oh, I wasn't well, sure. I didn't even know I, if that's on the Xbox. Yeah, it is. Oh, you mean for the Switch? <laughs> no, Massively no, no. downgraded version. No, no. I was gonna. I, I was gonna get. I was gonna get Red Dead Redemption. Um. Or Grand Theft Auto. I was I was thinking between them. I was like, shit. Right. They're both they're both considered great. You know, we're, we're, they're not as heartwarming as Paddington One and Two, though. <laughs> no, that's true. There's no like, there's no character called Aunt Lucy. The only in, the uh, only crossover is the Paddington getting skinned and Paddington Two part. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awful. I would hate the movie then. Paddington Three is just some this guy really wearing grim. Yeah. <laughs> wearing Paddington skins pulled over a massive tone shift but they don't advertise it like that so they traumatize a whole generation of children that would be really funny that would be really fucking funny I wish they hadn't like I wish they hadn't have advertised that Winnie the Pooh horror film they're bringing out next year I wish they had given it like a more subtle title and like been very like cagey with the trailers oh, and really <laughs> upset some children yeah so it really upset some parents watching it with their kids how long would it take for that to come out? Like, if you, um, if, if you did that, you make fun, some incredibly horrifying, you know, sallow uh, version of Paddington 3, and you advertise it like a normal Paddington movie, so people go in and get really upset. How long would it take for the message to get out um, and for people to stop going to see it? <laughs> oh, like, would I you get probably two or three days of, of people be, of parents being really upset i think you might even not get that i guess i guess if you did it that way it could always be something where like the press screening hmm. ruins it for everyone because it goes viral so i guess that would kind of screw it but you know maybe maybe if you're on streaming only it'll no because they probably still yeah fuck it. see this is why musk needs to sync twitter already so that this shit <laughs> can happen imagine it's, the pure joy not of sunk it already i thought it was pretty sunk no it's just ugly now <laughs> that's why out, i think they have like new accounts and stuff I think they've put in those oh, yeah. view counts to still show how relevant they are. But actually, <laughs> it seems like the opposite is going to happen because it just shows how little engagement different tweets get. <laughs> fair. I mean, in fairness, that's just that's just engagement in general, to be fair. So, I mean, that's actually not, like, on his side. I don't know. Look, I, I'm fucking done with this stupid bird app anyway. Fucking, who cares? <laughs> why, isn't he, uh, why isn't he stepping down? He lost his poll. Found anybody yet, apparently. Oh, okay. Apparently he's the only man odd enough to um, get get Twitter out of its current funk, or but the, the only man odd enough to do it now. But the quartering was like fucked it, crying and bitching about wanting the job and he'd do it for free and all this kind of Literally stuff. Literally the cringiest Otherwise. Twitter post I've ever seen. Who is this? Uh, it's a it's an alt right YouTuber called the Conjure no, the Quartering. 
Um, and he, you know, it's it's what you'd expect. You know, he punches down the trans community. You know, he does a lot of clickbait garbage, that kind of stuff. Um, um, and so he's been like all over, like just like just riding Elon's dick to a nub at this point to try and get any kind of attention off him. Um, and one of the things he was saying was that he would take over Twitter for free. Um, uh, he really wanted the job and he believes he could help and he, he genuinely believes that Twitter is the public square of of speech online and all this kind of stuff and he genuinely believes it. Um, that's the, the worst part about it. That's, you know, it's particularly sad. <laughs> um, but just like absolutely dick right now. Hold on, I'll, I'll, I'll post you, Stevie. I'll give you, for, as your first birthday gift, mm-hmm. I will give you the actual post. Mm. Or sorry, this isn't the actual post. This is one of his later posts. This is about the poll of stepping down. Um, so I'm just going to pop this into the chat here. How do I get into the chat? You, you, you click it. <laughs> Text channels. Click oh. Morning Brew. Oh, there's Simon Delaney from the last time that we talked. <laughs> Most important day in the history of the culture war comes tomorrow. I will be up early doing everything I can. But if you're a content creator, a Twitter user, a normie, it doesn't matter. We must mobilize to vote no to tell Elon Musk not to step down. This is everything. Ah, lads. So he put out a YouTube video on his little YouTube channel, apparently like a tree in the morning, begging people to vote on the poll. What the fuck? He's really sad. He's a sad guy anyway. Um, he uh, ha- obviously has all these right reviews, likes to push down trans people. He uh, got beaten up outside <laughs> outside of a board game convention. He got beaten <laughs> for, up? For all of his garbage. Yeah, because he... Cause, board you know, game convention? Yeah. He got beaten up at a board game convention. The Apparently settlers of Wabas. He got punched in the head three times. Someone came up and asked him, hey, is this you? And when he said, yeah, he punched him in the head three times and the guy ran off. <laughs> the guy <laughs> ran off for safety. Oh. Wait, not all. Hey, look, I don't, <laughs> I don't want anyone to get like beaten up or whatever. But like, look, if you're going to start shit like that, and if you're going to try and say that, like, oh, look at all these trans people are all little fucking soy cooks. You know, I'll do, what I, I'll do whatever the fuck I want to them. They won't do anything to me. And then you get beaten up for it and run away crying. I mean, you know, I'm sorry, but you really fucking, really fucking reap what you sowed there. <laughs> uh. Yeah, these, uh, I also understand these polls. I do like now that only Twitter blue users will be allowed to vote on polls in the future. That's a cool feature. <laughs> um, I like getting to pay $8 a month to be on a really shitty version of change.org. I do really enjoy when you see someone make a really like fucking brain dead comment and they've got a blue tick and you click on it and you see that they're they've subscribed to Twitter blue and they've got maybe 10 followers. And you think oh, yeah. that a lot of good that's done you. <laughs> yeah, I look, this is what happens when you give the keys to the house to an idiot, you know? <laughs> Sorry. He's not a smart guy and people have said he's not a smart guy for years and he's proving he's not a smart guy. He's just someone with money. But, you know, that's not my problem. If you want to sync your net worth, go ahead. Apparently Tesla's at 69%. I saw some top-class tweet, which was like, I always knew someone would become a millionaire on Twitter. I just didn't recognize the direction of travel. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was just discussing with David why why I think that um, so many people fell for the crypto scams. Um, But, you know like why people have fallen for cryptocurrency as as a whole bit and my impression 
is a little bit that well it starts with the with the observation that the financial times considered the um newspaper of the most erudite and powerful people certainly in the western world uh certainly in the european side of the western world at least um is has has a quarterly supplement i think called how to spend it is that having oh. accumulated quite so much money um rather rich people and their and their spouses need to have they're not they're not quite so clever enough that they know what they need to spend it on um and i think the same goes for a lot of high risk investment products um taste can be created for high risk investment products in much the same way as it can be for luxury goods uh, under the you know pierre bourdieu sociological construction of taste sort of situation and arising from this it just it follows like if you look at the the sheer aesthetics of the entire cryptocurrency movement the five hour long videos the trippy blue stuff the bling bling gold logos for the bitcoin those weird ape things people who invest in bitcoin just have no taste yeah they yeah. they have they have no taste and in fact they've been targeted the reason that they have been taken as fools is because they have absolutely no fucking taste they don't have the critical and aesthetic and moral sensibilities to identify a scam when it's put in front of them, just on aesthetic grounds. They might have money to burn, but because of their paucity of higher education, or and I know this makes me sound like an immense snob, which is true, <laughs> I am. It, if you're dumb enough to fall for it, it just means you no fucking taste. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I think also, I think the, probably what leads into it a lot as well is like the, you know, you buy like, I bought three Bitcoin and then people tell you like, yeah, but look, Ooh. look at how much Bitcoin has gone up. Look, each oh. one of these Bitcoin has done that, you know, and then they, they do that. And obviously you have, I think the, a lot of the impression gets skewed as well because there's a lot of talk of crypto online, except for the fact that most of that is bots and a lot of that is bots trying to steal your Bitcoin that you fucking have anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so don't ever click those fucking links. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. I, yeah, people get. I I think tech became too much of a religion, and not even in not even at an advanced stage where it's worth it. You know, it started to become a religion like the iPhone four, and then just kind of spiraled on from there. <laughs> and now you have this shit where it's like, yeah, but like you know, I made a prompt, and that prompt created this eagle. It's like, okay, uh, I guess that's kind of cool, dude. Yeah, sure, uh -huh. you did you like? Did that cost you? <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, I I think uh, I think people are. I uh, genuinely actually, I think most people are suckers. <laughs> and I think I think if you tell them, like we, me and Eva have friends, and they're very nice people. But if you tell them, you could just tell them anything, right? You could make something up, <laughs> or you could be just blatantly wrong. Like you could misinterpret something entirely. If it sounds like something that would be a benefit to them, they'll believe you off the bat. Yeah. Like, just they won't even look into it. They'll be like, that sounds incredible. This is great. I love this brand new, completely true. I don't have to verify information. And so I just kind of think a lot of people are just in general just kind of suckers. That just sounds like they mistakenly trust you and they shouldn't. No, mm -hmm. it's, it's more so they've told us a lot of stuff over the years that it's just been like, 
not true in the slide. I'm using me as an example if I'm talking to them. But they told me there's a lot of stuff where it's like, this doesn't make any sense at all. Like, why would you think this is the case? Like, anything that sounds too good to be true is too good to be true. Mm. You know? Um, but if someone says something to them, and it like it's something that they like, it's that they, they like what they heard, they just they believe it. It's there. It, that's theirs now. You know, no verifying it, no looking into it. Just repeat it, repeat it, and like hope it works out. And I think a lot of people are like that. I think if you tell someone what they want to hear, they'll just hear it and then they'll go, and they won't. No need to verify it. Doesn't matter if it's true or not. Just oh, I want them to hear this. I'm good. Just start taking advantage of this. Just start making up stories. Yeah, it really is like it's like you know if someone was saying like oh I you know I really want to get my teeth done but um I heard blank you know it's 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 dangerous long term for this or like it you know ruins the integrity of your mouth or whatever if you just say like nah no that's not true that you know <laughs> my uncle's a fucking dentist then they'd be like oh cool and they'll go get it fucking done because that's all they wanted that they just wanted someone to tell them they're right folk propaganda which isn't bad I guess you know I just, I guess everyone wants to be right but um I just. I just think that that's, I think that's who gets preyed on when it comes to the crypto stuff. You know, people love to make fun of the old people that like fall for scams where they accidentally put on their credit card information for the fake postal service because their package is held up somewhere. But then they click on a link in their fucking Twitter inbox and the ape picture they spent two grand on is gone forever and they can't ever claim it back. I don't know. It seems like it's much of the same to me, to be quite honest. I think tying back to that idea as well, of believing everything and having people in tech having no taste. That would explain why NFTs are the ugliest fucking things you've ever seen. Trump's NFTs. Yeah. Well, it is. Like, it, it really hilarious. is. It really is that, like, that, that none of them have taste. Um, like, you know, I think Steven's dead on. Look at, look at the new, look at the new UI for Twitter. And you could see the difference between with someone who's, like, actually genuinely into design and how a user interface should work and look, um, you know, would never have it that way. But then you have a bunch of tech bros and they threw their shit together. And then all you have to do now is just look at, um, is look at the layout for it, where you just have an ugly mess of numbers on the front screen. Who gives a shit about numbers? Engineers. They're the only ones who fucking care. I agree. All of this, uh, you know, most stuff has really just been an anti-engineer uh, smear campaign. Now, if I see someone's an engineer, I kind of roll my eyes, keep my children away from them, ask them questions to determine whether they're one of those people or not. But you're not an engineer, engineer. You're not one of like the engineers that like makes money, right? You're one of like the <laughs> other guys that has engineer in the title. Cool, cool, cool. You're not a uh, bad engineer. Engineer. Yeah, you're, you're not one of them. What do you mean by one of them? Oh, you know, those people. I mean the wealthy successful ones. <laughs> <laughs> the wealthy successful ones that can that can put their that can that can't put together anything that's good to look at, but it works. Huh. You know one of them? Cool, cool. I wonder if we can get a gold tick for Morning Brew. <laughs> I'm not paying I wonder for if we shit. can get I wonder if we can get more No no, you don't pay for it. It's registered as a business. I wonder if we could I wonder if we could trick them into <laughs> We media just, need, as a we business. just need to keep like tagging Elon Musk in complimentary tweets until he responds. The gold ticks look so good at Elon. Can we get one? With a five minutes to be like, yes, of course, I love you. Okay. Who has something for us before we wrap up? Uh, 
gone for nearly two hours. I've I've uh, said everything I need to say. Mostly uh, about whether Christian Bale's going to die or not. I hope he. Dan, oh, no, I don't since, hope he dies. So neither do I. I like Christian Bale. I just wish people would stop giving him uh, opportunities to murder himself for a, a pretty good film. I guess I just don't know if it's worth uh, being dead. To be quite honest, <laughs> I don't know if much things are worth being dead. If if, if I'm being truly honest. Um, Dan, since it's two days here from Christmas, quick tell everyone what you bought in Uria for Christmas. Uh, we don't. We haven't bought ourselves anything for Christmas. We haven't bought each other anything for Christmas. Well, we'll perfect. She's back in January, so we're going to buy then. Those things will be cheaper. That's and extremely. That's extremely Dan and Nuria. Not going to lie. There is nothing <laughs> that she would like more as a present than the gift of a bargain. So <laughs> you should get her out of the deal. I've already won. I should have gotten her out of the deal. Shit. This is this this from the this from the couple that said, "Oh yeah, we'll have our wedding in September in Madrid, uh, so the heat won't be so bad." Get the invite. How about July? Uh, that was more just because the place was available then, and it was a really nice hotel. I mean, how much more would you have to spend to get it in in September? Uh, we probably wouldn't have been able to get it in September. Most places book out the September. So the answer. And May so the answer is years. The answer is. So the answer is significantly more. <laughs> The answer is significantly more, and also we'd have had to plan it better. <laughs> Mostly the planning it th- uh, rather than the paying. Well, it was certainly painful. Only <laughs> it was a beautiful ceremony. I'm so glad you invited me. It um, won't come to my next one. But if you're not, a... if you if you guys are renewing your vows, I'm not coming. <laughs> Unless it's under forty-two degrees. <laughs> It'll be in Dublin, but it'll be in Dublin in twenty years, so I can't guarantee that. <laughs> I uh Dublin will be malarial at that point, I'll tell you that much for nothing. <laughs> I um I, I really hate to bring the podcast down as we're editing in for the year. Um first of all, Merry Christmas to everyone. Um hope everyone has a happy holidays, depending on, on what they celebrate. Have a great new year. Well, obviously we're gonna see everyone in twenty twenty three. We're gonna go out tonight for Stephen's birthday. I'll have a good time. But unfortunately, I've just read some very sad news that apparently um, apparently John Lennon's died. Thank you, Twitter. <laughs> um, it's just because is that they're coming up. Um, How does this affect yeah. the Beatles? I, I, I'm assuming they're going to have to break up. Um, George Harrison Ringo, will be devastated. I'm going to um, gonna tweet Ringo real quick um, from, from the Media Suplex account at Ringo <laughs> Star. Really sorry to hear Ringo Starr music, perfect. Uh, really sorry to hear what happened to John, big man. Um, um, this crazy news. Please reach out to us. Just heard. And I guess I'll XOXO. Sign it off. I guess I'll sign it off with all of our full names and <laughs> um, and put it from there. Okay, cool. Well, now that's off. I'm sure Ringo will appreciate that. I hope he has a nice Christmas. Um, fucking Ringo doxing everyone now, <laughs> trying to sick his followers on us. Yeah, you know, it, it's... Sorry, I I accidentally deleted that tweet. I'm just gonna... Try again. Oh, no, this was on Wikipedia. Sorry. This actually happened in the 70s. Or the 80s. Oh, fuck. Oh. Oh, well, that's... Okay, well, I'll keep I'll keep the tweet up anyway. Because um, I think the message is good. You know, I am sorry to hear what happened to John. Um... And I do hope he has a Merry Christmas, but I just... Hmm. Wow. 
Okay, I guess with that then we um we have to go um not the way of John Lennon. Um or the way of the dodo. We just have to go and um just get get off here and celebrate out the end of the year in peace. I have of course been Adam I've been Daniel Purcell. I remain Stephen Burke. What we should do was... is uh like record now just minutes and minutes of dead silence. You know, like when a TV show when someone end, when someone dies and they just leave a black screen for a while in tribute. Uh, so we, we just it just runs with no noise now for Okay. Like what I'll do is um so this is in memoriam uh to John Lennon, this this part of the podcast, and I'm gonna put um I, I'm gonna put um um one of the, what what Beatles song would be appropriate? I'll put Give Peace a Chance over the uh, the end of the podcast here to sign us out for the day. Um Merry Christmas everyone and bye. Bye. bye.